What's happened is that Lightning has turned Bitcoin from, quote, merely digital gold into a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. Of course, this isn't news to many of us in the Lightning community, but it's one thing for a bunch of geeks to be buying pizza in some relatively obscure app's online marketplace, and another when non-techies are using Lightning to run their local economy. Abstract ideas and dispersed online communities can be easily dismissed. A whole town buying smoothies, haircuts, and shoes with Lightning is somehow more concrete. The Best in Bitcoin Made Audible I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, audio nuts? I want to say thanks real quick to my contributors, actually, all my patrons and everybody in the Telegram and my Sphinx crew, the the audio not lovelies. I've been a little bit MIA lately with things going on with my dad, and I feel like I've kind of ne- neglected you guys. Um, so just a just a shout out to y'all. Thank you guys so much. I actually had somebody just join my Patreon. Uh, like I noticed a notification that I missed like a week ago. Uh, someone, Aaron, Aaron just joined my Patreon and I haven't even sent you a message yet. Thank you for becoming a patron. Um, and anybody else who wants to be an audio not, you can join at Patreon. You can tip me anything like literally as little as a dollar. I don't really care. I just want to make sure that like our inner crew is just people who support the show. Just let me know, uh, that you sent me an invoice and shoot me a, a snapshot of it. And you can join the crew. We just hang out. We love it. And uh, I love to know uh, that everybody else cares about the show, too. Um, anyway, a little bit too far. My dad is uh, slowly, slowly getting better. Um, I did just get home earlier today, so I'm back at my main station, back in action for the rest of the week, hoping to get tons of recording done and hella check off things on my to-do, to-do list. This is Bitcoin Audible, by the way. I am Guy Swan, the guy who's read more about Bitcoin than anyone else you know. And we have another Bitcoin Magazine read today because Bitcoin Magazine has too many good articles lately. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. You got to deal with it. This one is all about lightning. It is from, as another article from Roy Scheinfeld from Breeze Tech, because, you know, lightning right now is the coolest shiz in the biz. They are the bee's knees. And this is Lightning's year to shine. I am so excited about the stuff that's going on with Lightning. Um, Both Roy uh, in this read details out and myself after the read, we get into all the reasons why uh, I think Lightning is is the thing right now. And I am so stoked for this one. Uh, There's also an episode of Lightning Junkies, the Lightning Junkies podcast that I've got lined up. I'm going to listen to right after this is all about channel factories. Really stoked about that. If you don't listen to Lightning Junkies, you probably should. Um, But before we get into today's read, let's pay the bills real fast with some awesome Bitcoin services. We have the DCA Bitcoin savings account dollar cost average automatically buy for the true Bitcoiners with low time preference Swan Bitcoin. I stack every week automatically. Do you? SwanBitcoin.com slash guy is my referral. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself a sound money savings account that does it automatically. Swan even auto withdraws to your own wallet, which should be a secure open source hardware wallet. Thankfully, I have just the solution. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, also a sponsor of the show. It is a simple and intuitive setup. It is secure, it is open source, and it just looks so good. If you are not holding your own keys, seriously, get yourself a Bitbox. You get 5% off with discount code GUY, and you should be holding your own keys. GUY gets you 5% off, and both of our Bitcoin Audible sponsors and their kick-ass products can be found at GuySwan.com. With that, it is time to read about the progress, the state in the future of lightning in today's article, and it is titled Scaling Lightning to El Zante and Beyond by Roy Scheinfeld. The path forward for Bitcoin is clear, 
with a revolution in the ability to transfer value occurring right in front of us. Here's a philosophical question for Star Wars fans. When Luke fired two proton torpedoes down the thermal exhaust port and destroyed the first Death Star, was it the end of the story or the beginning? On the one hand, the Rebel Alliance had won the battle and was safe after that shot. They even had an award ceremony, cue John Williams. On the other hand, that shot really irritated the Galactic Empire and drove them to scour the galaxy for vengeance, setting off the next episode in the saga. My point is, is that where a story begins depends on who's telling it. We've all heard the news about El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender and celebrated it and felt our hearts racing. Whatever word you choose, momentous, watershed, historic, joyous, you can't really overstate what's happening. We live in exciting times, and there's nowhere in history I'd rather be. But much of the discussion so far has talked about El Salvador's move as the culmination of something. It's like Bitcoin's adolescence is over, and with the Salvadoran decision, Bitcoin is moving out into its own apartment. It's a real currency now. A nation-state says so. Cue John Williams. There's some truth in that, but the end of adolescence is the beginning of adulthood. The time has come for Bitcoin to be responsible, to apply what it has learned, and to live up to its potential. What does that future look like? Many tellings of El Salvador's story have largely overlooked and understated the role of the Lightning Network. But make no mistake, any country could have adopted Bitcoin five or eight years ago. The base layer hasn't changed much. The new ingredient, the innovation that has made this possible and is opening up all kinds of possibilities for the future, is Lightning. So let's think about that. What is it about Lightning that got us here? And perhaps more importantly, how to grow Lightning for the second, third, and 195th country where people are going to be using Lightning for, well, everything. Lightning is Bitcoin's future, and always has been. What has happened is that Lightning has turned Bitcoin from, quote, merely digital gold into a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. Of course, this isn't news to many of us in the Lightning community, but it's one thing for a bunch of geeks to be buying pizza in some relatively obscure app's online marketplace, and another when non-techies are using Lightning to run their local economy. Abstract ideas and dispersed online communities can be easily dismissed. A whole town buying smoothies, haircuts, and shoes with Lightning is somehow more concrete. Bitcoin Beach was Lightning's proof of concept for El Salvador. El Salvador is Lightning's proof of concept for the world. All Bitcoiners, you, me, and the generations to follow, owe Michael Peterson a solid. Like all the solids. It's fine that the mainstream press barely mentions Lightning, talking only of Bitcoin instead. Most people have heard of Bitcoin by now, and Bitcoin is the base layer currency. But Lightning is what made current changes possible. The median household income in El Salvador is less than $5,000, and just over $1,000 per person. A single $10 transaction fee would be 1% of a Salvadoran's annual income. For all of Bitcoin's benefits, it would be totally impractical in much of the world without Lightning. But with Lightning, it's magic internet money for everyone, not just the whales. Speed, convenience, and cost matter. A lot. Michael Peterson has cited Lightning as the tech that has helped Bitcoin grow out of the digital gold narrative, quote-unquote. Jack Mallers has said that seeing lightning in action is what convinced President Bukele that the time had come to take the whole country onto Bitcoin, and I guess he would know. And as monumental as Bukele's decision is, it was also inevitable. If it hadn't been El Salvador, it would have been Paraguay, or Panama, 
or Nigeria or somewhere else. I know this is easy to say with hindsight after the fact, but it would have been a much trickier call three years ago, right? Could anyone have seen this coming in 2018? Yes, I did. Had I not believed that events like those we are currently watching were Bitcoin's destiny and that Lightning was going to make that happen, I would have had no business in the Lightning business. I'll say it again today. Thanks to Lightning, Bitcoin is a scalable medium of exchange and its scale will grow. Hold me to that. All sats are created equal. Another point that those outside the Bitcoin Cognoscenti tend to miss is that El Salvador chose Bitcoin exclusively. Not crypto, not digital currency, but Bitcoin. For many people, Bitcoin is synecdoche for all crypto, like how maki, sashimi, nigiri, sushi, and tamaki are all just called sushi. But the real Bitcoin is very special and the consequences of opting for Bitcoin exclusively are hard to overstate. People keep calling Bitcoin a Trojan horse to express the idea that it invisibly contains things like freedom and sovereignty that surprise those who adopt it. First, I'd like to suggest a new metaphor. Bitcoin adoption does bear invisible consequences, but they're far more appealing than a bunch of tired, sweaty, grumpy Greek soldiers hiding in an elaborate piece of furniture. Bitcoin is a cake, and what's inside is candy. In fact, there are several different kinds of candy inside beyond just sweet sovereignty and delicious freedom. The only violence ensuing from this metaphor is in the dentist's chair. The first hidden consequence is that by accepting any Bitcoin on an open network, you accept all Bitcoin on that open network. There are fundamental differences between types of currencies, but units within a type are identical. For example, dollars and Bitcoin are very different currencies, but all dollars are functionally identical to each other and all Bitcoin are functionally identical to each other. By opting for Bitcoin only, El Salvador has chosen a type of currency that is open, public, and decentralized. And by opting to implement it over an open network, they can't distinguish one Bitcoin from another. All sats are created equal, and open networks keep them that way. As a result, it doesn't really matter if the official government wallet is custodial. As far as the network is concerned, the custodian's node is the peer, and sats move up and down its payment channels as they would anywhere else. There is no difference between custodial and non-custodial sats from the network's perspective. They're all just functionally identical fractions of Bitcoin. With Bitcoin on Lightning, El Salvador has committed itself to an irreversible process of choice on the free market between different offerings. They can choose less privacy, more trust, and higher risk for a lower cost with custodial solutions. Or they can choose unbeatable privacy, minimal trust, and negligible risk for a slightly higher cost with non-custodial Lightning clients. The second kind of candy in the El Salvador Bitcoin cake is the rest of the world. One study from about 25 years ago looked at how new rules and practices spread from one country to a few countries to all the countries in the world. The researchers found that once a new idea is adopted by about one-third of all countries, there's a tipping point that induces a cascade effect. El Salvador adopted Bitcoin just a few weeks ago. Already, Paraguay, Panama, Brazil, Argentina, Tonga, and Mexico are eager to follow. There are 20 countries in Latin America alone, and a third of them, a regional tipping point, are already interested. There are about 195 countries in the world, give or take. A third of them would equal 65. If 65 countries adopt Bitcoin, its progress will likely be unstoppable. Is it reasonable to expect 64 countries to follow El Salvador's example? Absolutely. How much would I bet on it? I already bet everything on it, years ago. 
El Salvador's move put non-custodial global candy inside a custodial local cake, and the candles are already lit. Scaling Lightning Globally, Neobanks and LSPs So Lightning was always going to be the technology that made Bitcoin into a global medium of exchange, and the process is happening right now. Awesome. But there is plenty of work left to do. El Salvador has just under 7 million people. The world as a whole has 7.8 billion. A quantitative increase of three orders of magnitude might require a qualitatively different approach. El Salvador is scaling lightning from El Zante to the whole country primarily with neobanks. A neobank is an online-only bank. As with traditional banks, users give the bank their money and the bank keeps it and handles it as an agent on the customer's behalf. There are already lightning neobanks in the wild, like Strike, Bottle Pay, and LastBit. While adopting Bitcoin is always the right decision, and lightning is always the right technology to do so, the neobank model is unlikely to scale everywhere as well as in El Salvador. The Salvadoran case is unique. How often will a visionary like Michael Peterson arise, receive a donation to seed adoption, and have demand for cash primed by a global crisis? How many countries are likely to have visionary leaders like Nayib Bukele, who feel inspired rather than threatened by Bitcoin, and who have a perfect test case on their doorsteps? How often is Jack Mallers going to be the guy they call, rather than some stiff banker in a pinstriped suit for whom Bitcoin is just a hedge, like T-bills? Will lightning strike twice, three times, 195 times over? Absolutely. But we're unlikely to find El Salvador's perfect conjunction of rare conditions again. The norm is regulation in the form of money transmitter licenses, deposit insurance, KYC, as is already happening in El Salvador. Such regulatory hurdles are probably justified because people are entrusting their livelihoods to the neobanks. El Salvador is regulating and managing the process closely. The complexity of operating in nearly 200 regulatory jurisdictions is the reason there is yet no global commercial bank for Lightning or Fiat. Plugging into the existing Fiat financial system also puts Lightning at the mercy of the powers that be. A restrictive bill or a Fiat shock could end the party quickly, even in El Salvador. We got lucky with Bukele. Will we have the same luck with his successor? What about three presidents from now? The scalability of neobanks is limited, but that doesn't mean Lightning is. The alternative to neobanks is Lightning Service Providers, or LSPs, which are simply network nodes that provide connectivity, liquidity, background channel management, and other helpful services to Lightning users, many of whom are onboarding directly from fiat. Perhaps the biggest difference between the LSP and neobank models is that LSPs allow the network to grow organically, to be, quote, the result of human action, but not the execution of any human design. The LSP model circumvents the staggering complexity of planning and organizing a lightning economy, letting the free market shape it from the ground up instead. Unlike neobanks, LSPs don't take custody of their users' funds. They only have to provide users with inbound liquidity to enable payments. To bootstrap a network of LSPs, operators need rapid access to liquidity. The easier they can obtain it, the less capital needed to get started, and the faster they can scale. But who allocates that liquidity, and at what price? With liquidity marketplaces like Lightning Pool, Allocation can happen automatically and optimally. Lightning Pool is a trustless, true-to-Bitcoin technology that reallocates the spare liquidity some users have to other users who need it using a spot auction. Lightning Pool allows Bitcoin to find its most productive location on the network and compensate its owners. Liquidity marketplaces transform liquidity from a barrier to entry into a business opportunity. They allow Bitcoin to flow around the network according to vectors of pressure measured by price. 
such marketplaces literally render liquidity liquid. The decentralized LSP model also scales better because it's more resilient and harder to curtail. It's decentralized. Nobody takes possession of anyone else's property, so there is not much to regulate. Central authorities can regulate the curvature of cucumbers in stores, but they can't regulate the cucumbers in your garden. That's the difference. And the same decentralized structure that makes a network of users connected by LSPs hard to regulate also makes it hard to constrict. Even if you wanted to shut Lightning down, it's not clear what there is to target. You'd basically have to shut down the internet. If Space Ninjas landed tomorrow and wiped out all servers and developers of a non-custodial LSP like Breeze, our users would lose some uh, highly informative blog? The network would naturally and automatically adapt. The LSP model will work in Cuba and Switzerland, Canada and Nigeria, whoever happens to be in office. LSPs are more private, secure, and they live up to the borderlessness, openness, censorship resistance, and freedom that Bitcoin was designed to achieve. Again, neobanks aren't wrong, and they will coexist alongside LSPs. If regulation is evolutionary selection pressure on different models of scaling lightning, and UX is reproductive fitness, the non-custodial LSP model is simply fitter and more sustainable. Want to watch the revolution? Look around you. The chain wasn't ever going to replace fiat. It's too slow and too expensive. That's no secret. Fiat has, however, just been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Lightning. El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin because of lightning. People are buying coffee and vegetables with Bitcoin because of lightning. The International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, National Mints, and commercial fiat banks are all starting to sweat bullets because of lightning. Since Bitcoin is an open, free, public protocol that exists everywhere and nowhere, like lightning, it's now unstoppable. If any one person were doing this, it would be a story of a villain pursuing world domination. But since we're all doing it together, it's a global grassroots revolution. While nothing can stop this change, choosing the right model from the beginning can accelerate it. A network of peers, each in custody of their own funds, connected by a free market of LSPs, is virtually immune to censorship. It's a hydra with 7 billion heads. Lowering the barriers to entry while raising the incentives to enter, preserving Bitcoin's technological integrity at every step, and not diluting Lightning's principles for any fleeting prize is the way to make the first global democratic currency in the solar system. Q. John Williams Soon, the whole world will be as beautiful as El Zante. Pecuniarily, at least. And that concludes our piece from Roy Scheinfeld of Breeze Tech and the Breeze Wallet, Scaling Lightning to El Zante and Beyond. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor today, and I want to talk about some Lightning Network. There are a lot of great options now in the Bitcoin hardware wallet space, but in my opinion, really the Bitbox O2 is one of the best all-around hardware wallets. The Bitbox is really great for the combination of its cost, the fact that it's secure and fully open source, and that it's really easy to use and set up. But something that I think makes it great in comparison to others specifically is that it's not only accessible to the people who are setting up their very first hardware wallet who want something simple and intuitive with like the desktop app and the, just the built-in like step-by-step process. They don't want something intimidating. But it also caters to the real nerds like me, the people who want to use something with more specific control, like an uh, external wallet like Spectre, uh, you know, play around with Betch32 addresses, you want to play with multi-sig, connect to my own node over tour, you know, I get serious about coin control and all these other tools that the more experienced Bitcoiner looks for. 
I really feel like the BitBox has that sweet spot of the best of both worlds. If you haven't checked it out yet, jump over through my link at guyswan.com BitBox just to see what I'm talking about. And if you do buy it, don't forget code GUY. G-U-I gets you 5% off everything in your cart. Check it out at guyswan.com BitBox. You know, I don't know why this has not been so clear in my mind that this is the case, but Roy points out in this article that the, and I'll, I'll actually, I'll just read the quote that just completely jumped out at me is, quote, many tellings of El Salvador's story have largely overlooked and understated the role of the Lightning Network. But make no mistake, any country could have adopted Bitcoin five or eight years ago. The base layer hasn't changed much. The new ingredient, the innovation that has made this possible and is opening up all kinds of possibilities for the future, is lightning. And I just wanted to, I wanted to call attention to that because it somehow, somehow it isn't something that, like, I feel like that should have been obvious to me that lightning is really kind of getting outside of directly, like, the Bitcoiners who are excited about it and uh, the Bitcoiners who know Strike and Jack Mallers and like are already deeply tied into this stuff. Lightning is kind of getting pushed under the rug. And it is absolutely essential to the very fact that this even happened. I mean, crypto people literally still argue with me that lightning doesn't work. And a, an entire country is adopting it. I just can't understand. How could you be more wrong a country is adopting the thing, a, a nation state is adopting the thing that you are claiming doesn't work. How, how deep in the sand can your head get? And you know, I haven't really gotten to talk with, uh, chat with Michael Peterson yet, and I really should probably just have him on the show. But Roy really does kind of hit it home, is we owe Michael Peterson a serious solid the work that he put in and that bitcoin beach has in general that entire project and everybody who has worked on that and made that happen that is literally the center of all of this that is the petri dish that made it clear how far this could go and what this could actually be and all of this is because of the lightning network and it's something I just want to point out in general, because some, so many people talk about like, oh, quote unquote, the limitations of lightning and all of these things, which obviously there are limitations to anything. But something I love about the concept of lightning is that it works almost exactly like the routing and the infrastructure of the actual Internet itself. The bandwidth and routing that happens between servers and routers and uh, trunk lines and customer endpoints and everything that happens on the actual physical infrastructure on, uh, on the internet, that all of the dynamics and all of the ways that ac that actually routes and uh, finds alternative bandwidth, quote unquote, in the context of lightning, it would be liquidity. Almost all of those things apply the same way they do conceptually to lightning, except that lightning is a virtual network. It's not actual lines put in the ground. There's no geographic location. And the only thing you need to do to quote unquote run a line or update your bandwidth, you don't have to replace a broadband cable with a fiber cable. You just open up a bigger channel or you splice in more liquidity for the channel that you already have. But that really all of the routing problems and the concepts around finding routes and the whole quote unquote limitations of your, your lowest uh, throughput route is your limiting factor. That's all the same crap, all the same quote-unquote problems that we have with the internet. We know how to get around all those problems. And it's so much easier when you're talking about a virtual environment where all you have to do is send a Bitcoin transaction to update all of this stuff. The quote-unquote virtual infrastructure is just one Bitcoin transaction away from change. But even some of the complaints don't quite work because... Lightning actually has more capability in some ways than the infrastructure itself, the way we think about it on uh, the internet, because the internet, you can't establish a connection with Google or someone else over like 20 different routes at one time. You just search for the best route and then you establish a connection. Then you're using that route to communicate. 
And then you find an alternative route if that one goes down or stops responding or something for some amount of time. But something like the Lightning Network, when you're making a payment and you have the limitation of liquidity, you don't actually have that same bandwidth because it's actually peer-to-peer and it's, uh, it's a more decentralized network. And because you're not making an established connection, you're just trying to get one quote-unquote packet of Bitcoin from your possession to its destination, you can split it up over 20 different connections. So maybe you have eight routes, eight reliable high bandwidth routes to get to Google. Well, you can, you're only still going to connect over one and you're going to be limited to the bandwidth over one of those routes. Lightning, you don't have to do that. In fact, we just saw the other day, if you didn't see it, um, Rene Picard uh, has been getting some attention because he has created what he thinks is the optimal way to actually def- create routing or, or excuse me, define and source routing on the Lightning Network, that there's basically a provable way to be maximally efficient with how you find a route to your destination over the Lightning Network. And uh, they actually tested this just the other day. They made two incredibly huge mainnet Bitcoin, like mainnet Lightning Network payments over the, the live Lightning Network. And the first payment was 0.3679 Bitcoin. Note, that's like 14 grand in a single payment over Lightning. And to reach its destination, it was split over 345 different times. In, in its routing to actually get to the destination, it was split up into tiny pieces, 345 different pieces, sent over 345 different routes at its basically widest span and then recombined back at the other end at the destination and the smallest split that was taken in the in the whole mix was 10,000 sats worth in other words to send this $14,000 payment in a single payment over the lightning network it had to split so many times and one of the splits actually sent only $3 then they did a second payment that was 0.286 bitcoin which is around $11,000, and it was broken up into 80 parts. And the, the smallest piece of it was 100,000 sats, which is like 30 bucks. But that is insane. You know, we talk about Lightning as, oh, great for micropayments, and this is all about like groceries and uh, really small like peer-to-peer things and uh, merchant and retail adoption. But, oh, you can't do big payments. This... Obviously, you can. And at this point in the Lightning Network, Lightning Network has been growing insanely. We, I think we're getting like 150 new nodes a week now on average. The chart looks like it did back when it was first kicking off and everybody was just booting up nodes just for the hell of it because Lightning was new and they wanted to boot up a node and nobody knew what the hell it was, what it was like or what even to do with it. Most of the people, myself included, were just kind of booting up nodes and then like, okay, well, this was fun. Now what do I do with it? And just kind of letting it die or closing the channel or something after it was dormant for, you know, three weeks or a month or something, because there really wasn't a whole lot to do with it at the time. Lightning was brand new. The developers and like Lightning Labs and everybody was still telling you, please don't run this. This is hashtag reckless. But the the growth of the network then, obviously, because it was coming from zero, was huge. It was a really sharp up curve. We're getting into that same kind of sharp up curve now, but now it's because there's liquidity pools. Like Roy talks about in this piece, the lightning liquidity pool. And then there's also uh, lightning swaps. What is that service I just found? It's basically the exact same thing. It's more of a, rather than a non-custodial or quote-unquote decentralized um, uh, marketplace that you're actually running as a program, This is literally a website that aggregates other people saying, I'll pay X amount over some amount of time for liquidity. So it's more kind of like a a dating service for people who have liquidity and people who need liquidity rather than the more back end sort of automatic, uh, automatically runs lightning pool setup, which is essentially a non-custodial service. But lightning is not a toy anymore. It's integrated into numerous exchanges now. It's being used by tons of new services. I get to use it all the time now. It's so much easier to actually, not only is it better to use like as a network and as the payments itself, but I can use it in so many more new places, so many more places than I could 
six months ago, a year ago. It's like night and day. I use it constantly now. I haven't even thought about failed payments in months. There are numerous non-custodial wallets that do basically a fly-by-wire channel opening. Roy was talking about this. He, Roy uh, kind of th- termed, excuse me, coined the term LSPs, Lightning Service Providers. Breeze is kind of the, the first one that I knew of, at least, that did this. I think I saved another one or two recently that are now doing this exact same thing. But the three that I always recommend, the main ones that I've, I've used all of and got to tinker with that do this, that basically will open a channel on the fly immediately, are Breeze, Moon. Breeze has got no E on the end, so it's B-R-E-E-Z. And then Moon is M-U-U-N and Phoenix. Uh, and Phoenix is on Android. But these are wallets that you can... Literally, just basically open, get a QR code, you send a lightning payment, it's running. The countless arguments of new users will never understand channels is too complicated. All of that is already a thing of the past. Anybody who could have, who could project just a little bit of imagination on how this was going to develop, rather than pr- what I think purposefully putting on blinders about lightning, it wasn't that hard to see that that was not going to be a thing that you could develop around that very easily, or at least easily from the context of many developers working over years to make this thing very user-friendly after it was secure and properly decentralized. But the average user was never going to need to know what a channel was, and it was going to work fine. It was obvious that that was the end of this road. We are here. That day is now. Lightning isn't gonna work one day soon. It's working. Right now, I use it every single day. While I was writing notes for this episode, I can't say how many times this happens. It's almost like, serend- well, I guess it's just I get notifications for this a lot. But I'm writing notes for this episode, and I get little notifications on my watch that somebody's sending me eight sats a minute listening to the podcast on Sphinx. CT, I just saw, I think it was yesterday or today, I don't know, the CT.io, the guys from Acre. They're the energy giant from Norway, and... Uh, CT was established to basically search out and invest in um, both energy-related and kind of infrastructure projects and just, well, actually just kind of general exciting projects that they think have an enormous amount of potential in the Bitcoin, in and around the Bitcoin space. They actually just announced that they are an investor in Breeze now. So Roy, if you're listening to this, huge congrats, because I never actually messaged you about that, but Mad props. Well done. That is, that's amazing. You guys are building some awesome shit. I love the wallet. It's still, it's still one of the few things that I get stuck down on my, my bar, (laughs) on my, my dock that I can only put four things on on my iPhone. Breeze has been there for a long time and it stays there. But yeah, CT just invested in Breeze. And then Nicholas Berté uh, from, uh, oh God, Galloy from Galloy Money. Uh, wrote uh, one of my favorite pieces on Lightning, um, the how Lightning can be a global payments infrastructure, uh, something like that. I can't remember the title. I'll try to remember to have the link in the show notes if you haven't listened to it. Really awesome, just kind of conceptual piece about how it is that Lightning compares to the current payments infrastructure, uh, the, the global interbank and uh, retail payment system and how Lightning could actually replace it, like what that model looks like. Really, really cool piece. But yeah, so Galloy Money and Nicholas Berté, or at least I know Nicholas, I assume their whole team and every, everybody that they, they work with, they're apparently building some really cool-ass Lightning stuff in El Salvador, but they're kind of hush-hush about it. I haven't really gotten any details, but I know they're over there doing stuff. El Salvador is literally going to have an instant interbank settlement system running on Lightning when all of this goes live. And this is on their 90-day timeline, right? I think there's like, what, 50 days left before their, the legal tender law goes into effect and they're going to supposedly have all this up and running. So there's that. That's like right around the corner. We're going to get to see what the culmination of all that looks like. Strike and Jack Mallers are open sourcing their entire setup, what, they're, what they are part of in building, El Sal- in, uh, building out in El Salvador. And they're going to make it so that other countries can just download and plug into it. They're calling it Bitcoin for countries. And then when infrastructure like this does get built out, when you have an entire banking system of a country that's plugged into Bitcoin and Lightning, you you realize there's suddenly no longer any limitation 
on what wallet or service a customer has to use. The service being accepted no longer requires a use of that service by the customer. If somebody accepts Cash App, they no longer have to have a user that uses Cash App. If somebody accepts Visa, you don't have to have a Visa card to then pay them. When you're talking about Bitcoin or Lightning, like Roy says in this article, you're talking about an open, an entirely open network and an and open and immediately globally accessible one. I will be able to send money instantly to a bank in El, to a bank account in El Salvador. And I don't I don't have to use a bank account or a routing number. I don't have to use a bank that's specifically integrated with them. All of that is immediately a thing of the past. I just scan a QR code. I could use Strike. I could use Moon, Breeze, Phoenix, uh, the Lightning Labs wallet, Zap, Zeus, uh, Zebedee. There's a lot of Zs in the wallet space. Um, I, I, uh, I can send it from LNPay, LNPay.co. I can use my Umbral node, my Start9 Embassy, Nodal. Uh, I'm missing another node in there. I can't, I can't think of it right now. Uh, my BTC Pay server. Uh, the Jewel extension in my browser, I use that all the time. Well, it's technically still my BTC Pay server, but it counts because I can plug it into anything. Uh, my Blue Wallet, Shock Wallet, BLW, the Bitcoin Lightning, oh shit, Bitcoin Lightning Wallet, the Eclair Wallet, Tippin.me. Uh, I don't think that's actually being maintained anymore, but it still works. Great service. Wallet of Satoshi. Um... I got like the Ride Lightning interface, my Thunder Hub. Those are still my BTC Pay. I can spin up a super fast Lightning node on Voltage. I can use that. That takes like no time at all. I can spin one up on the new Blockstream Greenlight service, which actually just came out. It's a uh, it's one where you actually get to hold your keys, but they run the node infrastructure for you and maintain the like the channel. They're basically a watchtower and a hosting service, but you still hold your keys to a Lightning channel. That's awesome. That's one of those. One of those things that I talk about a lot on this show is the the ability to have non-custodial financial services. That's what they're doing. They're they're maintaining your payments infrastructure, your channel, and enforcing the current state of the channel. But they never actually have your keys. Tell me, tell me anything, any alternative that you could possibly do that with. You can't do that with anything else. And after all that, I could always just run LND or C Lightning just on my Linux computer at home. All of it can now talk to the bank. All of it can talk to Strike. All of it can talk to Breeze. And everything else can talk to everything else on that list. Name me one app or one payment anything in the legacy system that can integrate with literally everything else. That is the power of an open network. And they are connected instantly to the entire globe. The walls the borders just vanish the second it goes live. Anyone can choose a custodial option. They can choose an option that has, this was, this was something he specifically said. In fact, I think, I think I highlighted this. Hold on one second. Where is it? Yes, quote, they can choose less privacy, more trust, and higher risk for a lower cost with a custodial solution. Or they can choose unbeatable privacy, minimal trust, and negligible risk for a slightly higher cost with non-custodial Lightning clients. And you can do that with anything in between. Like I said, Blockstream Greenlight is another great example of that middle of the road, is you have, you have the benefit of the custodial solution in the sense that they are always online, they are hosting and keeping a backup so that you're not managing things, and they are also kind of like your, they're, essentially they're your LSP, right? Even though you can customize and open a channel with anybody you want, you could open one with Breeze, but uh, Blockstream is also, they are a hub and you can open up a channel with them, but you are still holding your keys. It is not custodial money, it's just hosting. It's hosting and contract enforcement on your behalf if you are not there and somebody tries to close the channel or contest the channel. Lightning is why all of this happened. Lightning is the medium of exchange phase of Bitcoin. And there are still so many things untapped with Lightning. We still haven't even touched on channel factories and the kind of layer three, the things, not only, not only how Lightning itself can become layer three, and we can kind of have this bulkier, basically like these 
three of seven, like these much larger multi-sig setups that are groups of, let's say, businesses or services that can open a channel pool, essentially a channel factory, a pool of uh, funds that all of them can use to on the fly open and close channels without actually having to go back to chain. And they are, and it's able, they're able to better route and have liquidity and huge cost savings for any, any other LSPs or services or users that they connect to from there. Those are called channel factories. It's essentially taking the idea of the two of two, where a lightning channel is just you and one other person, and spreading it out into a group of five people. So it's like a, a channel pool that you share with five people. So there's already an entirely new layer of scaling that Lightning can have uh, that will that any potential limitations that we run into when we're talking about 100 million, a billion people onboarded onto this thing, we've already got the next step. And I genuinely think not only is it because of, you know, a, a stagnant price on Bitcoin, but I, I genuinely think if you look at the increase in the amount of Lightning activity and the channel activity on Lightning, that the reason we've had consistently low fees is because the pressure, the number of transactions that people are doing on-chain versus onboarding onto Lightning has diminished. Now, it might not be massive. I don't think it, it might not be a massive offloading, but it's a persistent offloading. After you open that channel, even if you specifically only do one transaction this month or three transactions or something like that, maybe you use it 10 times next month. And all of those would have been on-chain. And maybe in your third month, you use it 50 times. Once you have the channel, any payment that you can make within that channel and the funding that you can do with Strike or uh, ZigZag or any of these swap services where you can just onboard directly to Lightning and you can refill that channel after you spend on a Fold gift card or use Pay with Moon or something like that. And every single thing you do is now something that is not any pressure on the base layer. I mean, I've had channels open for over a year now, and I haven't had to close them. I think I've got like, I don't even have that many channels on the node that I've had open, uh, that I've been running for a really long time. I think I have like 22 channels or something like that, and I think I've closed eight. I have no idea how many transactions I've routed or done on that node. I mean, I literally use it all the time, and so my entire on-chain load is 30? It's 22 open channels and eight closed ones. And some of those channels may literally have hundreds of payments have gone through them. I don't know, at this point, I'm just kind of rambling, but I'm just really excited about Lightning. I think this is, this is amazing. And it, and it really is kind of funny that this part of it is pushed under the rug. El Salvador didn't just adopt Bitcoin. They adopted Bitcoin because of Lightning because of what they saw happening at Bitcoin Beach, because of Michael Peterson, because of Jack Mallers, because of Strike. Bitcoin is in adulthood now. We are in the next chapter. It's getting real, yo. Anyway, yeah, I'm stoked. This is fun stuff. I have too many nodes and too many wallets, by the way. I think I got most of them with that list that I spouted off, but I may have actually missed a couple. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Bitcoin Magazine. Thanks to Roy. Roy always has some great articles on Lightning. I love his stuff. Um, like I said, a big fan of Breeze Wallet and the Breeze service, everything that they do over there. And again, congratulations on the, the CT investment. Uh, that's really cool to see. And a thank you to our lovely sponsors. You know them, you love them. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, Shift Crypto, these guys make this show possible and swan bitcoin i got a notification uh this morning that i onboarded somebody to swan it makes me feel so good um check both of them out at guyswan.com they're right at the top of the page and they are the necessary services for being a sovereign bitcoiner your auto dca with swan and your secure open source hardware wallet with the bitbox and don't forget to check out, go to this article. He's actually got a number of links. Like I have, I knew about last bit, but I hadn't really uh, gotten, gotten into it. It's like a MasterCard thing, it looks like, that 
you can actually fund with Lightning and Bitcoin. Um, so anywhere MasterCard's accepted, you can do uh, last bit and then bottle pay, which I haven't used since they kind of like got shut down and now they're back up and now you can like buy directly onto Lightning, kind of kind of like Strike. Uh, so uh, the links to those and a number of other things are actually in this article. Obviously, I'll have the link to the original article so that you can check it out. And Breeze Wallet obviously is in there too. So if you haven't used any of these, if you haven't played with Lightning yet and really like started to dig in, now is the time. Do it now. Use Fold. Use Strike. Use Breeze. Use Moon. Start playing with these services. It really is easy. I have onboarded people in seconds uh, with these services. It's stupid easy. All the work has been done for you. Just go use it. Um, uh, with that, though, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it's good to be back home and in my main setup and hopefully, uh, hopefully the output will be pretty good here for the next week or two. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. This is Bitcoin Audible, where you hear all the best in Bitcoin made audible and you'll learn everything there is to know about Bitcoin and this space. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than any else you mother effing know. And until next time, everybody, take it easy, guys. This has been Bitcoin Audible, a 111 production. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>